Lots of companies say people are our number one asset. Maybe yours does too. But how can you tell their walk matches their talk? What metrics make a culture that proves people are our number one asset? My guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast helps human resources leaders connect the purpose of their business with people are their number one asset. He coaches them to create an engaging, impactful, and yes, fun environment for every single team member. And we find out how he does it on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Hey, Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to the, this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, my new best friend, yep, John Bernadovich. John, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast, man. I am so excited to have you on. I've been called a lot of things today, but not that, Dr. Joey. I got to tell you, you just made my day. So thank you so much. And what a pleasure to be on the show at the same time as your nation of followers will hopefully see you were on my podcast. So we're flipping the microphones. I can't wait to answer all your incredibly difficult questions with hopefully some <laughs> Small amounts of wisdom and a little bit of wit and maybe a bad dad joke or two. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, now if we're telling bad dad jokes, I specialize in those. Just ask my girls. <laughs> Pop, my three and a half year old granddaughter, thinks Pops is the funniest thing in the world. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. She's nothing not else my dad matters. Jokes. Yeah, nothing else matters. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for having me on HR Like a Boss and like the Work Positive Podcast. HR Like a Boss is heard wherever finer podcasts are heard. So go check that out, Work Positive Nation. You'll find some immensely powerful and wise and successful people like John Provodovich on there. John, you do a ton of work with SHRM and are instrumental in Ohio, Northern Ohio, right? You guys are getting ready to have a conference, four different SHRM chapters coming together. That's probably already happened by the time people are able to listen to this. But you do have a new book out. So tell us the title of that is HR Like a Boss. Yeah, book came out October 24th, 2023. And it was I was blessed to have it published by Sherm Books. Thanks to my friend Steve Brown, who I know is another fellow member of the uh, Work Positive Nation. I know that follows you, Dr. Joey. So Steve's a, a close friend and was so kind to connect me with the publisher at Sherm Books several years ago. And long story short on the book, I actually lost both of my parents in a short period of time, 13 month span. I had one of those bucket list, what are you going to do when you grow up conversations with myself? And mm -hmm. writing a book was on my list because of just the general aspiration to do it. And then seeing some of my friends like Steve Brown, Tim Sackett, Ben Eubanks, list goes on writing books. And I ended up penning a tale called I Got It All Wrong, but I couldn't get past the title page. And so I pivoted to a presentation done a few times called HR Like a Boss, which we got some really cool response to. And it was a little simpler for me to write it because there was already an outline. The content was there. We had the five pillars of what it took to do HR like a boss. 
And so that coupled with the fact that I was suggested to read Atomic Habits, which taught me how to pair a new habit, which was writing with an old habit, which was getting up on the weekends before my family did and giving a little John time, do what I wanted to do, whether it was work out or meditate or go play golf. So I spent about a year on the weekends writing about a thousand words every weekend. And lo and behold, here we are, books launched. You can buy it on Amazon and all your favorite retailers. And if you're a Sherm member, you can go to the Sherm bookstore and get it for even less than you can on Amazon. Isn't that preposterous? I'm sure the people <laughs> at Amazon don't like that. <laughs> Any chance we get to stick it to the big guy. We all enjoy doing that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeff Bezos, if Jeff Bezos is listening, I hope he is, then we're doing something right. Yeah, we love you, Jeff. But super yacht. I was a little over the top, buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you just mentioned the five pillars. Can we talk about those pillars, Sean? Yeah, no, I'd love to. Yeah. So basically the reason why I wrote the book and the presentation that came, the book came from that presentation was that I, I got sick to my stomach, almost criminal feeling that HR allows Every year, Gallup 12 survey to come out and not moving the needle at all in a positive way around two out of three employees are not engaged at work. I, I, I hate that data point. Yeah. I hate the fact that it doesn't change. Couple well, that with the, the fact data that- point, John, I think is up to 85% now. Uh, two out of uh, three has been it forever, but- It's getting worse. Yeah, right yeah. during the pandemic, 85%. And then you couple that with the fact that you ask any employee these days, they'll tell you their employer doesn't care about them. And mm. so- I believe that the idea of working in a job that you don't enjoy or don't feel engagement or meaning to, it's, it's just, it's downright wrong. And mm -hmm. we need to do something about it. You spend so much time working, time away from your family, your wonderful little grandchildren or right. your spouse or, or the things that you want to do. Why, why in the world are we allowing that to happen? And I think HR has the greatest potential to transform that and make a difference in how people view work. And mm. so inside the book, those five pillars start with, in order to make that type of transformation, we need to think differently, to first and foremost, how we view our job, how we view ourselves, how we can convince others to view us inside of a business. Mm. Then we need to be different. So if we're going to try to change something, you can't do the same things over and over. So we have to have some action of difference. Mm. And oh, by the way, we have to be better. We can't be different, just different. It has to be better. It has to drive results for our employees, for our business, and for the communities that we work in. And then it requires action. We got to take action on the things that we see, we feel, and we hear. And last but not least, if we do all those things, the higher purpose of doing HR Like a Boss is to make an impact. Let's make mm -hmm. sure we're making a positive impact on people's lives, that we're driving results for our business. And in my belief, if we do all those things really well, we can attack societal issues by making sure our employers are socially responsible and we've got groups of people, our employees, set, employees that are working there that want to make a difference attacking whatever challenge you may have in, in, in your community. Because frankly, as Dr. Joey, our society is in a very unique place. And I saw businesses and groups of employees that work there were engaged as a great vehicle to change things one, one issue at a time. Oh, yeah. One life at a time. The long tail of a positive work culture is evident in every community because those companies where people enjoy working, where they want to, they say to their neighbors, hey, man, you ought to come work over here. Hey, friend, come over. Want your family members to come to work. Let me tell you about the great place I work. 
It's not the work sucks conversation that you hear around the dinner table. It's let me tell you what I did today. It's just this really awesome, cool thing, which is so antithetical to what we see in most places today. John, just think about it. To your point, we spend 70% of our waking hours working. And if we're miserable for almost three-fourths of our waking hours, that means our sleep's miserable, which means you're in this huge cycle of where maybe 15 to 20% of a 24-hour day is good. And I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're eating. Marisa Andrade would want us to eat Krispy Kreme donuts, right? <laughs> Since she's on their board of directors. But maybe you're eating Krispy Kreme or chips or something. But outside of that, and the teen suicide rate is so high, we could just go on and on with societal ills. So we stand as persons who are influential and impactful in creating a positive work culture, we stand at an awesome opportunity in picking it up to lower that teen suicide rate, to lower divorce rates, to increase happiness within families, to make school systems better. The things that make great communities happen, right? We have an opportunity to do that. So let's talk about that first pillar. Think differently. What's the traditional thought that I need to move away from? And what's the new thoughts that I need to have in order to think differently? Yeah, so it's a couple, couple things on that. There's a lot of responsibility that HR departments have to keep companies compliant, to have a set of rules, a handbook, follow those along. Sure. And I'm not dismissing the importance of those at all. Hmm. But the first place in, in thinking differently from my standpoint, it's, it's you have to walk the walk by showing passion for what it is that you do. So if you're in human resources and you don't like it or you find it's a, kind of the bane of existence, then your employees are going to read off of that. So we have to have a true joy and love working with people, all the good and bad that comes with it. We mm -hmm. have to realize the sins of people will happen all the time and we'll have to deal with them and look at that as a challenge and an opportunity versus, uh, oh, gosh, here we go again. Mm -hmm. So not only do we have to in, in that process of loving what we do, we have to take an ownership mindset in what it is that we're able to impact directly and influence indirectly. And by doing that, I think you set yourself up to, to think differently in a way that really can profoundly impact a business. And my inspiration and the way that I envision HR in the future is contrary to the, when HR walks in the room, people feel like, oh gosh, who's going to get fired? What did we do wrong? Versus... <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, thank goodness HR is here. How am I going to be inspired? That's mm. the flip that I'm looking to empower people and hopefully support people. And I'm just looking for one story, one change that that said mm. before we were doing this and now we made this change and our business is totally different. And I feel like people want me to be there. They're glad when I'm in a meeting versus wondering what someone did wrong. So mm. that's the first part of making sure you're thinking differently. You got to love what you do and you got to take ownership over it. I love it, John, because it seems in so many companies, the human resources has been relegated to a support role. And so we want you to be like form jockeys and policy cops. You got to make sure all that paperwork gets filled out and you got to make sure people know when they screw up. And so it's almost like going to the principal's office. That's what's running through my head when you're talking about that principal walks in the room and everybody sits up straight and what have you. So really what we're talking about in thinking differently is elevating the human resources function to put the human back in human resources and, and to move away from, think differently away from 
that assembly line mentality to strictly associate people with task and to see them as people first who are doing task and helping align those with the company purpose and so engaging passion. But at the end of the day, as you said, John, the only person I can really control and change, and this, it's a hard task for me, maybe for you too, and the rest of work presentation is, is right myself. And so just making sure that I'm engaged and my passion is there. So talk to us about that second pillar. Yeah. So being different to me, it, it's, it, it, there's a lot of aspects of, so we start to think differently and then we have to put some action into this and, and make sure that people feel that there's a difference in human resources. And I, and I mentioned the idea of feeling inspired by the way that you act. And to me, for human resources, that, that being different starts by humanizing yourself, by making sure that people understand that you're not a robot. You are not the principal's office. And I've heard that a lot. I've heard, did we ever go into the principal's office? Maybe (laughs) we got a recognition award or they were giving away free candy and you were supposed to go pass it out to your classmates. (laughs) So yeah, principal's office and HR are synonymous with one another. To me, there's an aspect of human resource has this arm's length relationship building Mm -hmm. because I don't want to get too close because eventually I may need to fire you. I may need to put Mm -hmm. you on a performance plan. I need to create this separation. The most effective human resource professionals that I've seen are exceptional at building relationships. They're incredibly Mm -hmm. curious. Mm -hmm. They take an interest in people. And so when you have to have a difficult conversation with them, you've built the foundation of it to have a real genuine discussion as opposed to, oh, I don't know who this HR person is. They come dressed in a suit every single day and now they're in a meeting and I got I I have to stand back and I have yeah. to be on notice. Like when the principal shows up in your room when you're oh, in, in class, you started to act a little different and things were yeah. how do I say a heightened attention. So it really <laughs> starts with humanizing yourself as a human resource professional so that you can build relationships with people in a way that can make a true impact that you can make a difference in their life. Mm, that's beautiful. And you mentioned our, our mutual friend, Steve Brown earlier, man, he's one of the best at doing mm-hmm. that with La Rosa's pizzerias with those 11 locations, a lot closer to you. I'm trying to get him to come down to Virginia where I live. He did offer me a franchise opportunity, but I think he just wanted my money at that point. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of friend is that? Yeah. But he, is an advocate, he is an advocate and spokesman for that organization and the pizza is fantastic. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Next time I'm up your way in Ohio, we'll have to uh, go eat a slice or two or three, however many we can get down. So I want to think differently to put people first. I want to be differently, which means I'm humanizing myself as I'm a leader in a company, if I own the company or if I'm a leader in the human resources space. What's that third pillar, John? Yeah, so to be better, Dr. Joey, and, and I simply put this, I think the the easiest way for HR to transform the way that they impact a business is by doing an incredibly better job of supporting their leaders, their managers, and their executives. All too often, people are put into those positions of leadership for a lot of the wrong reasons. And then they're in those roles and they're not equipped with the tools, resources, and training to become successful. Mm -hmm. So as a result, I now work for some person that's not prepared to do their job and they're not very good at it. Mm -hmm. And I don't really get along with them that well. Guess what happens? I quit and leave or I become miserable or don't like what I do. So 
the importance of A, looking at who your leaders and managers are, making sure do we have the right people in the right seat doing the right job? Are they prepared? Do they have the skills, the training, the development, the tools that, that we can give them from an HR standpoint? HR can do that without a significant amount of investment. Mm. At the same time, if you want to make more of an investment, you can hire tremendous people like Dr. Joey or other leadership coaches that can provide that one-on-one coaching. Let's invest in your human capital by Mm. making your managers as effective as possible. And I I learned that through my own trials and tribulations as a business owner Mm. of having effective and not effective leadership teams and seeing clients with ineffective leadership groups. And so by making that investment in them, it ends up making my life as a business owner a lot easier and something that I can do more effectively and focus in on the the strategic things that I'm supposed to be doing as an owner. And it's really cool for my people, for them Mm -hmm. to say, I like working for my manager. I enjoy that. So if you were to say that at a dinner at a dinner table at a party yeah. i like my job and i like who i work for the whole place would stop talking It'd be like <laughs> what yeah so that's a- the idea of of hr running toward who your leaders and managers are being very specific about how we grow and develop them and then mm-hmm. on top of that build a plan that says how do we build our future leaders through proper succession planning mm-hmm. through just being strategic and intentional and being specific with the people like talk about the people individually mm-hmm. that could actually do that for you as opposed to generalizing things and that to me is the the third main pillar and the easiest way for you to be better as an HR leader wow so you're bringing to my mind, John, belonging and becoming and the importance of those on teams. When I belong, I understand how my daily tasks match up, align, if you will, with the company purpose. And when I'm becoming, I know how I'm developing, not just professionally, because it's an artificial division between professional and personal, because it impacts, as we were saying earlier, my home, my community and things like that. So I'm belonging because what I'm doing today, I understand how it fits into the greater picture of the company mission. And I'm becoming because I'm getting the training, the development, the personal growth that I need in order to become my best self. Man, that's a significant way to be better. So I think differently. By the way, John Bernadovich is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. And I promised you in the intro that you'd figure, you'd find out, you'd discover how to put people first. So that's exactly what we're doing. HR Like a Boss is John's podcast. Be sure after this episode to go subscribe to it, give it a five-star review, just like you do the Work Positive Podcast. And his book is HR Like a Boss. So you can get it. And obviously we don't have time to unpack everything, but you're getting a great taste of it. So be sure and go get that book from Amazon or from the Sherm website where you get a better price, right? (laughs) For Sherm members. So first I'm thinking differently. Then I'm secondly indifferent. Being better. Thirdly, I'm being better. What's my fourth pillar, John, to put people first? Yeah, we're taking action. So one of the things I learned throughout the, writing of the book. And obviously, I'm sure you've heard this and deal with this a lot. This idea of empathy became Mm. a a, a common buzzword and maybe easier for everyone to to wrap their arms around because we were all dealing with holistically this global pandemic. I thought to myself, okay, as I saw and heard that a lot, I always just examined like, why all of a sudden is this popular? Why is everybody talking about it? What's making this be the way that it is? And I, I look at how people treat human beings. Hmm. And ultimately, 
it's how you make people feel inside of your business will allow them to take some form of action, whether to do their job exceptionally well, whether it is to tell other people that you should come work for this business, whether it is to deliver results for the organization and treat them or the exact opposite, right? Where they speak badly about it, they quit, they don't buy their products anymore. And so I looked at that and I said, okay, empathy is really important. What's the spectrum of these things? So I look at apathy, just not caring at all. That's one way for us to do that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do that naturally, instinctually. Then there's some form of, I'll call it sympathy, which is feeling sorry for someone. Okay. Really sorry that happened. Some people find that annoying. Now we get, okay, empathy seems and feels a lot better, but if I'm not being authentic with my empathy, it is, you might as well be apathetic or treat someone and not even care about them. So from my standpoint, it has to be genuine empathy, taking action on the things that you hear by putting yourself in their shoes and then doing something about it. It's Mm -hmm. one thing to hear it and say, I feel you and I'm here with you. But if then you just go away and do nothing about it, then that person's just, oh, Dr. Joey's a really nice guy, but he didn't really mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. Or all of a sudden, Dr. Mm-hmm. Joey sits in my shoes and then makes a donation or shows up the next day supporting me with a book or some sort mm-hmm. of resource or some sort of thing that says, oh, he heard what I said. He walked a mile in my shoes and now he's doing something about it. Taking empathetic action to me is one of the most unique things that I've learned in mm-hmm. writing this book and speaking with great people like you on my podcast. It's just mm-hmm. so important to to be there for people and ensure that the things that you're doing are making them feel a certain way. And mm-hmm. how do you want to make people feel? And in my opinion, you got you, I want to make them feel that they're better off having interacted with me for a small amount of time right. versus who is that bozo? How quickly can I get him out of my life? <laughs> I liked bozo. <laughs> He's a clown. But oh, by the way, John, now I've got an earworm. Joe South is singing Walk a Mile in My Shoes. Okay, I'm old. That's classic. But anyway, yeah, we've had Joshua Friedman on. We've had Rob Volpe on. Both of those talk about empathy. And they pair it with action quite nicely as you do. But to your point, the opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy. When I don't care that you exist, then you become invisible. And it's amazing how many people are lost at work. Quiet quitting, of course, being the euphemism we put on all that, but you, you just become invisible. So it's a, if I sit with you and listen to you and then fail to take action to your point, that's more injurious on the work relationship and any other relationship than it is to do nothing, just to not sat and listen, because that's a very large withdrawal. In fact, it overdraws the emotional bank account there. So I love that. So I'm going to think differently. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be better. It sounds like I'm going to act better. I'm going to take some action that's better and put my walk and talk together there as I'm putting people first. There's a fifth pillar. Tell us about that one quickly, John. Yeah, sure. So it's make an impact. I'll, I'll unpack. When my parents passed away, that was the purpose of John Bernadovich's life that I decided mm-hmm. I needed to make an impact, carry on the legacy of my parents, treat people the same way that they they treated me and all others. And and they were people were better off to know my mom and dad, simple as that. And, and how do I carry on that same legacy? And then I look inside of a business and around human resources and this thing that ties back to HR like a boss. 
And it's really about having a purpose, an individual purpose, which I know is is paramount to the work that you do, Dr. Joey. Hmm. And then make sure that purpose aligns to the purpose of the business that you work in. Yes. Now, all of a sudden we can, okay, I, I'm jazzed up about this going to work because I'm unified with other people that were aligned to a common mission and belief system. And there's power in that. And so I'm a big believer that purpose is like location to real estate. So purpose mm-hmm. in a business is like the location. You got to have purpose inside of your organization and make it clear to people because people will then be attracted to that. And when I say people, I mean employees, mm-hmm. customers, suppliers, the list goes on. Yeah, and if you are truly, right? Yeah, if you're truly doing good inside of your organization and it's genuine and people can see it. And so I try to help clients make their purpose abundantly clear four words or less, because we probably can't remember much more than that. And so a lot of times these purposes are long winded. And then last but not least, let's find some sort of alignment to a charitable partner, to an organization that if we get these group of people that are aligned to a core value, they get our purpose. We're all swimming in the same direction. And then we have a business that's being productive because of that. And now we're shedding off some money and we have somewhere we want to place that money somewhere that does good. We can attack societal issues that are going on in our communities and be more socially responsible. So that's the Mm. make an impact through again, transforming how people see work through the lens of human resources. And those five pillars are the five parts of my book and really guided me to be able to draft what I hope to be is a impactful book for at least one person. I hope one person that makes a difference in their life. If that's the case, I'm doing okay. Ah, you're doing great, man. I absolutely love it. You reminded me with that fifth pillar of my friend, Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI. He talks about giver's gain. In fact, that's a trademark phrase for him now. Jim Palmer, another friend of mine, who's actually one of the participants in the Small Hinges Swing Big Doors course, he he wrote a little book called Serve First. So when we can make that transition or really a transformation from me to we, and then I'm serving you first and understanding that all those relationships that you're talking about, whether it's customers or team members or vendors, right? All of those people, their, our relationships with them, when we come at it with that servant mentality, service mentality, then man, that's when the jazz starts happening, right? And that's when it gets fun. That's when it gets good. And that creates that positivity lift for the whole community. So and John, it doesn't Bernadovich, feel like work, Dr. Joey. It doesn't feel like work. That's the part that oh, we're trying to, fun. yeah, we're, we're enjoying it. We're doing it with our friends. We're having purpose to it. And oh, I get paid for doing this. Okay. Du- double whammy. So yeah, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Oh, no, man, that's cool. Don't tell the boss, but I do it for free, right? That's where we are because I got a mortgage to pay, right? I, I absolutely love it. John, we could just talk on and on about this, but tell us about the website. You've got a couple of them you want to send us to and tell us what we'll find when we go there. Yeah, just real quick, I'd love to share a little bit about the firm that I founded back in 2010, named after my kids, Will and Mallory, willery.com, W-I-L-O-R-Y.com. We're a staffing and consulting firm looking to empower the HR and payroll community. And then you can learn a ton about, the. you can purchase the book, You can learn about the HR Like a Boss community, which is all about bringing empowerment to the HR professional and and collaboration amongst your peers. It's a HR Like a Boss community. You can buy some HR Like a Boss merch if you'd like as well. We've got shirts and socks and hats and all that crazy stuff. 
that you do when you launch a book, or at least I'm told that you do. But you can find all that at hrlikeaboss.com. That's hrlike and then aboss.com. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So if you're walking the dog or on the Peloton right now, it's cool. All that's in the show notes. John, thank you so much for being my guest here on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Before I let you go, man, Work Positive Nation always wants to know from my guest their one thing. So John Berkovich, what is your one thing? How can we begin today to create a positive work culture right where we are? It starts to me with love. You got to love what you do. You got to love the people you work with. You got to love the reason why you're there. And if we built that as our foundation, I think you can get through pretty much everything. Wow. John Bernadovich, thank you so much for being my guest today. I've learned a lot, man. I'm conversing in five pillars now. I'm going to go get the book and read it right now. So thanks so much for sharing with Work Positive Nation today. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Joey. Keep up the great work. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.